0: hello everyone welcome to the central wired podcast and thanks for listening in make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week at centralwired.com or on facebook and instagram we hope this week's message meets you right where you're at enjoy all right wow 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 thank you very much you know not for the clapping, not for the clapping, but thank you very much for being here. And I just know this weekend is going to be great. Thank you, Pastor David, and thank you, Josh, and the worship team, Shannon, and just everybody, the whole church, the entire church. It takes a body to run the body of Christ and to run a church. See, I, like, I think a lot of folks come in here and think this is just easy. This is not easy to do. This is very hard to do, you know. And the church, is, the church is the place where God brings us all to come and get well and get healed and get delivered and get set free. He's got the perfect plan. God is amazing, you know. Come on, you can say amen. I don't sleep on that. I know, I, I, know this is not a, I know this is not a ball game. We don't sleep at a ball game. But we come to church and we sleep and we got to wake up. We got to hear what God has to say. He's got some great things to say, you know. The worship team was amazing, the power of worshiping God and entering in with God and, you know, just I will rest in the Father's hands. Where else, where else is it to rest? There's nowhere else to rest. Once you come to know Jesus, you don't want to rest with anybody else. You just, some of you here tonight, I don't know if this might be your first time being here, but God is so incredible. God is so crazy about you. He loves you. He will never forget about you. He will no, never leave you nor forsake you. While everything else could go wrong, He will always be there. Let us pray. Father, we love you. We honor you. We praise you for this weekend. Father, we give you glory for what you're about to do. Holy Spirit, we welcome you speak to the hearts of the people. Speak and say what you have to say. Only you know who's here and who knows need to be spoken to, who's come in here with a heavy heart, who comes in here with an empty place and thinking it's over. Father, it's never over with you. We bind every assignment at the end that the enemy we have. We rebuke the devour right now in the name of Jesus, Father. We give you the glory because of what you already done, hanging on a cross, Father, shedding your blood for sinners like us that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Father, we claim it. We pull them back in tonight that they will come back home. Those need to come back home. Those that need to be restored will come back. And those that do not know him will come and have a relationship with you, Father. Father, we bless you. I ask that you... Seal this petition right now as we go forward, and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I thank God because I wasn't always like this. Oh, some of y'all missed that. (laughs) I I wasn't always like this, folks. I was a liar. I was a cheater. I was a womanizer. I was an alcoholic. I was a drug addict. I was rich. I was famous, been privileged, lived behind community gates, had everything but had nothing until I met Jesus. See, because having all this stuff and having all fame and making it all look good, like we have it all together, you know, everybody believes you have it all together because you have this life. Well, the devil is a liar. He's, he's going to stop so many from people from getting into heaven because he's lying to them, making them believe that their worldly success is greater than who Jesus is. And we miss out on that part. And I, I was no different than anybody else because I had it all, did it all, played Major League Baseball for 17 years. But before I ever put the uniform on, I was already broken. See, most people don't know that. You know, my dad was an alcoholic and he beat the crap out of me, said i would never mount to nothing, came home for the last time when I was 14, pulled out a shotgun and said he was going to kill the whole family. Had it not been for my mother, me and my brothers kill, could have killed my father that night. We would have killed him. See, people don't know that. See, it could have been a tragedy in my life before I ever put the uniform on. So guess what? If anybody in here is feeling that way, empty on the inside, I was feeling that way for a very long time because I was broken on the inside. And my pain was great. My pain led me to my greatness, but my greatness led me to my destructive behavior. How many know your pain can lead you into greatness? But if you're not well, it's going to lead you to your destructive behavior. See, emptiness on the inside is real. It's a real life that we live in. It's what we flow in and what we pretend in. And we make ourselves up. We make ourselves look like we don't have problems, Pastor. We dress ourselves up on the outside, but on the inside, the whole house is on fire. See, money don't make you well. I had plenty of money. My kids have been privileged their whole life. They had everything. They never experienced what I experienced in life. They never knew what it was like to come from a broken home. They lived behind community gates, and they had it all, and went to private schools their whole life, and they never experienced what I experienced. And I I was telling them one time about my life and what I had to go through, and me and my brothers, and and lived with my father, who was abusive, and always coming home, and then pulling out the shotgun and wanting to kill all of us. And we came this close to killing him. My life could have been a tragedy before I ever put a uniform on. See, the baseball uniform just covered up my pain. Y'all missed that. It just covered it up. It didn't heal the pain. See, because nothing can heal the pain but Jesus himself. He's the only one that can heal the pain of where we're at and the brokenness of where we're at. So I'm so glad that everything that took place in my life and the emptiness in my life and where I ended up at, you know, I ended up in drug addiction. I ended up in a Florida State prison in the T17169 because of addiction. I ended up with cancer twice and losing my left kidney in my second surgery. I'm glad everything happened because I probably would have made another $50 million playing baseball, but I would have never met Jesus. See? Some of us may look at things that happens in our life, and, 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 and God's always got a great plan that things can happen in our life because he can always use your mess for his messes. See, it's only when a man can come to a place, a man has to really come to his place. A man needs to come to his place and get rid of his ego, which is a hard thing to do because men like to keep their egos. Egos is a three-letter word, easy, God, out. Yeah. That's the ego. That's what the ego tells me. I don't need God. I can do this myself. And so many times, you know, I said that, but at the end of the day, I, I really needed God. And, you know, and it was a journey that got me to the place where I had to get with God. It was a real journey where I had to learn to walk and, you know, I had to learn to crawl just like a baby. You know how a baby is when you got to crawl first? And then before you got to after crawl, you start walking. And that's the same way it is with God. You know, he's the same way. He's, 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 he's the father. He's the father of all things. And, and he waits for you. He, may, he allows you to crawl your way back to him. And then you walk back to him. Then you rise up and then you become strong. Because after you s- sat down for some time and, and you got into a place with him where he's the, you've been discipled, you know, because I, which I miss, which most of us miss. Is being disciple. See, the Bible talks about it clearly. The Bible talks about it. The Bible says, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. That's the reason why I was perishing, because of lack of knowledge, not because of anything else. I had every earthly thing, but I had no knowledge. I had earthly knowledge, but I didn't have kingdom knowledge. See, it's a big difference in having kingdom knowledge from earthly knowledge. Do you, do, do you understand that? Do you know that? Because, see, when you enter into God's kingdom, God's kingdom is a holy place, righteous place, and there's a new Revelation that will come inside of you because it comes from God himself. It doesn't come from man. So there I was, you know, left, left for dead for so many years. And, but guess what? My mama prayed for me. That woman prayed, prayed for all of us. And when she was dying, little did we know, After she passed away, she died of cancer at the age of 55, breast cancer. Found a journal under her bed, and there was her praying to God. Knock him off his throne. Save my kids. I don't care about the baseball career life or anything. All I care about is you saving him, Lord. See, mama went home to be with the Lord, but her prayers covered us. See, somebody be thinking about praying and I'm giving up and I'm here to tell you tonight, don't you ever give up because it's not up to you to see it if God don't want you to see it. Because mama prayed and went home be to be with the Lord and God found me in a pit and pulled me out of pit and put me in a pulpit because of mama prayers. And see, we need to understand that that's why we never stop praying. That's why we continue to pray. That's why mama kept praying. And, when we, and not only did she pray for me, she prayed for all of us But on top of that, God, the Lord is so good. After I get saved, he uses me to lead my whole family to him. So God's got a plan. God always has a plan. God always has a plan. God has always got the perfect plan. We don't know what it is sometimes because we're always trying to figure it out. But one thing I do know that God used my mama and he used my wife to straighten me out. God used two women to straighten me out. <laughs> so some of you need to know it's okay that you got a wonderful wife that loves God and she wants you to follow these ways and understand these ways. But if I'd never make a commitment, I could never get there. If I'd never made the commitment, see 16 years ago, I was in the midst of addiction, smoking crack and shooting dope and, and Tracy was banging on dope house doors, pulling me out of dope houses. And I said, why don't you and God just leave me here? She said, God's got a plan for you. God's going to use you. I said, why don't you and God just leave me here and let me die? She said, well, you're just not that lucky. <laughs> See, God is always going to use people to help people. He's never going to change. It's always in, in this Bible here, once you make a commitment and once you come to know this Bible, in this Bible here, everybody he was using were people with issues. Moses leads the Israelites out of bondage, 400 years of slavery, bondage. Moses had a speech impediment, had an anger problem, killed the Egyptian, but God uses him mightily to lead the Israelites out of bondage. See, the Israelites could have been in the promised land in 11 days, but they complained so much, God sent them into the wilderness for another 40 years. That's what I love about God. God will leave you right where you're at. He's not gonna force you. It's going to be up to you to come to make the commitment to come to have a personal relationship with Him and enter in and lay with Him and trust Him and trust His ways. See, the thing about it is, as people, we, we never want to get to that place we don't want to trust God. With. No, we'll trust everything else. We'll trust the stock market. We'll trust television. But we won't trust Jesus. Well, see, I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. Amen. I'd rather have Jesus than any other material thing because it's not gonna get me into heaven. My relationship that I ended up encountering with God was is so incredible. I love Jesus. See John three thirty talks about it. it said he must increase but I must decrease. See, there's got to be a decrease. What does that mean? See, if you understand the symbol of the cross, you understand Jesus hanging on the cross at Calvary, on that cross, they didn't know who he was. The Pharisees and the scribes didn't know who he was, just like most of us. He says, Father, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He says, Father, why have you forsaken forsaken me? But his last words on that cross was, it is finished. So everything that could kill us, Jesus already killed it on the cross because of that blood. That blood is clean. He's a holy, righteous man with no sin. So guess what? When you come into a relationship with him, you get to live an abundant life that he talks about. See, abundant life is not what most people think it is. Abundant life is not stuff. Abundant life is joy, peace, wisdom, knowledge. It's so much greater than anything that you will ever encounter in your life when you get the joy of the Lord in your life. You will never need anything else. See what we don't understand. They hung him on the cross, Calvary, and shedded their blood. He shedded their blood for you and me. Crucified him. He went to the tomb, but early Sunday morning he got up from that tomb. He got up early Sunday morning. That tomb is empty. Jesus is alive and well. He got up. He was resurrected. And when he got out from that tomb early Sunday morning, he got up with all power. So when you die, like Galatians 2.20 talks about, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. It is Christ who lives in me. It is Christ who rules and reigns in me. When you live for Christ and Christ rule and reign, for you, reign in your life, you are a totally new person because you've been resurrected just like Jesus. See, we don't understand. We get to do greater works if we just believe. If we can just believe what this book says, not what somebody else telling you. Baby, I'm here to tell you tonight, you need to pick it up for yourself. It's the blueprint of life. So many of us missing, and we're picking up everything else, but we won't pick this up. I don't know what took me so long to pick this up and start eating. Now I can't put it down because it tastes so good. That's where the joy comes from. That's where the joy, the emptiness see, see, that empty void that was on the inside of me, I tried to fill it with everything else, money, homes, cars, this and that, and couldn't fill it. I wonder why I was still never satisfied on, on the inside of that empty place in all of us. All of us have that empty place inside of us. There's only one person who can fill that empty place. It is Jesus himself. He is the only person that can fill that empty void on the inside of you. You can look for it for your, from your wife, your kids, your job, more success. It will never satisfy you because you know what your flesh will always want more and the only thing that can satisfy you is Jesus himself see I think a lot of times pastor we don't really even know who Jesus is we think he's just a man we think he's a lot of us think he don't even exist well let me tell you what he's the king of kings he's the lord of lord he's the great I am he was wounded for your transgression. He was bruised for your iniquity. By His stripes, by His stripes, you, you are healed. You can be healed and walk out a full life that is supernatural, that is not natural. See, I don't want to live in the natural no more. I lived in the natural. I played Major League Baseball for 17 years. Did it all. Trophies and all. Championships and all. But at the end of the day, it means nothing if I don't know Jesus. See, because my mother left a legacy here for me that is greater than I could ever imagine. That's why I am who I am today, because my mother left a legacy that Jesus is Lord. My legacy for my kids is Jesus is Lord. We are in a time today where we have such an epidemic with opiates and heroin killing all these young people today because the enemy is real. There's a spiritual brokenness and the enemy is doing what he's supposed to do. Jesus said it in John ten ten. Jesus said the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, I have come that they may have life and may have it more abundantly. He's telling us what, he's telling us what the Bible is telling us what's happening in our society, what we're living in today. There needs to be an urgency about Families getting back together and getting at the table and talking about the kingdom of God. We've gotten away from that. We're more consumed because of social media outlets and who's who. The devil's a liar. Because if we don't get back to that John 3.30, he must increase, but I must decrease. We're going to stay where we at. See, I'm not going to stay where, we, where, I, where I'm at. My kids are going to grow. My kids are not going to look at their dad. They'd be like, people be saying to my kids, well, do you know who your dad is? This great baseball player. They goes, no, my dad's not a baseball player. They say, oh, yeah. They said, no, he's not. They said, my dad's a preacher. <laughs> hey. And there's nothing wrong with it, because you know what? Because first of all, I'm not qualified to preach. And I don't stand up here and say I'm qualified. God called me nine years ago and told me, you're going to preach. I said, you got the wrong guy. (laughs) He said, no, I got the right guy. I said, no, sir, you got the wrong guy. It is you. I want you to preach. I said, well, I'm not qualified. He said, no one is qualified. I qualify to call. (laughs) He said, supernaturally, he said, the Holy Spirit is going to ascend up on you, listen to him. And He's going to teach you the Bible supernaturally. Saturate yourself in the Word and lay with Him. Get away from everybody else. Guess what? I finally obey and listen to God. And look what I get. I get God's goods. You get His goods. And they're rich too when you get them. They're greater than anything that you were ever imagining. And nothing comes even close to what His, his goodness is. You know, it's just up to us as people to obey, you know, fall in line, fall forward, stop falling backwards. You know, because, see, see, if I would have said, God, you know, I'm going to continue to look at back at me being Daryl Strutter, great baseball player, and I'm going to work in baseball, I probably could be in baseball right now, being a coach, making a million dollars. But nope, the devil ain't going to get me that way. I can tell you that right now. Money will never get me again. Because at the end of my life, God is not going to look at what I did for baseball, he said, what did you do for my kingdom at the end of our lives? What did you do for the kingdom? You had every opportunity to tell people about my great love and my grace, my grace. Don't you understand his grace? It's all around you. you every, every last one of you in here right now, you're in here because of grace. You are in here because of grace, because you, he allowed you to get up this morning again. That's his grace. When he allows you to get up every day, that's God's grace over your life. Something we don't deserve, something we don't understand, something we don't appreciate. But see, I come to learn to appreciate his grace because I know I'm not deserving of his grace, but his grace is good and I'm gonna keep walking in it and I'm gonna keep learning and I'm gonna keep studying the Bible and I'm gonna keep preaching the gospel and I'm gonna keep telling people that he loves you no matter what you've been through. No matter what somebody has said. But no matter what someone has done for you, my father rejected me. He beat me, left me crippled, and said, you are nothing. You will never amount to nothing. I go on to play Major League Baseball for 17 years, eight-time All-Star, four-time World Series champ, millions of dollars, and still broken on the inside because of what he left me with. It wasn't until I met Jesus, and that's when I got healed. But that wasn't it. Because, see, my father was a man that God used me to go back to my father. I had to go back to my father. God called me six years ago to go back to my father. My father was in a hospital down in San Diego. The Lord says, go back to him and repent to him for keeping him out of your life and your career. He says, how dare you not forgive him and I forgave you? Huh. How dare. How dare we hold somebody hostage? And God has given us grace. And that's what he sent me back to the hospital. My father was dying. And he says, go see him and repent to him. And don't talk about anything he did to you. And I went there and I asked my father. I said, you know, the Lord's changed me. Uh, I said, will you forgive me? I was wrong about keeping you out of my life. And he said, yes. And a tear came out of his eye and I just lost it. I laid in his lap and just cried. And then the Lord said, raise up. And there I was. He says, now lead him to me in the sin of prayer. He said, the man that rejected you and beat you, I'm going to use you to lead him to to me. There I am leading the man that rejected me and beat me to the Lord. And then the Lord told me in the midst of that, don't you ever forget it. It's never about you. See, so many of us think it's about us, but it's about what he wants to do through us. And there it was. He reminded me, too, in the midst of that. He said, the forgiveness was not for your father. The forgiveness was for me. He said, that's why it kept me broken all those years, because I wouldn't forgive. See, we think forgiveness is like being a weak point in our life, and, and, and we don't understand that it's a deliverance point in our life. It's a place that brings us to a freedom to be free from holding somebody hostage over something that happened and that we, they don't have control over. We, he didn't have control over. I didn't have control over. It just happened, and, and we could never get free. And I was wondering why I was always in bondage. I remember, I remember being delivered and set free by God through that whole process with my father. And then then a couple years later on, he loses his life, he goes home and be with the Lord. Had it not been for me obeying God and going and repenting to my father, he might have never been introduced to Jesus at all. So this is the call for all of us to understand we need to understand that the tomb is empty. He must increase, but I must decrease. But if I'm still holding on to the old, so many of us hold on to the old, like I was talking about before. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I can never get to the new if I'm holding on to the old. So many of us hold on to the old and we cripple. No victory because we're still holding on to the old. He says, therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. You become new. Now you walk in the newness. You can't, you, you can't get to the newness if you're still holding on to the old. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. See, if I'm saying, sitting here saying, I coulda, shoulda, woulda, I coulda been in a hall of fame of baseball, but I woulda never met Jesus. So I'd rather be in the hall of faith. I'd rather be fighting for the kingdom. I'd rather understand that I know what I know. It's all about the kingdom. It's not about the earth. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God is his righteousness. Then all these things will be added into you. Everything else will be added into you when you seek after the kingdom. Because, see, when you seek after God's kingdom, you get to hear from God's kingdom, not the earth. Oh, what a sound it is. Oh, what it is for a broken man like me to understand who Jesus is and have a relationship with God and hear from his kingdom. Oh, Oh, that's you that are here tonight. God is speaking to your heart right where you're at. Jesus, he must increase, but I must decrease. Some of you are at a place where, glory to God, you need to turn your season around. You need to get into the operation system of God himself. You need to learn to lay with God. You need to learn what Psalms 4610 says, be still and know that I'm God. Learn to sit with God, learn to turn the television off, learn to turn the cell phone off, learn to be a part of the body of Christ, be committed to church, show up. If you show up, God's gonna show out. See, if you show up and you get discipled and learn God's ways, but you got to know who he is. See, so many of us don't know who he is. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way till everything. He's the gateway to everything. Everything that your heart desires, Jesus already killed it on the cross for you. Everything. I mean everything. This man has given me Everything, not from a material standpoint, but from a spiritual standpoint, to live an abundant life for Him. Why? Because Jesus is here to rescue you from your sinful ways. Oh, hallelujah! See, y'all just don't know. I'm a sinner. I just don't practice anymore. <laughs> See, it's a big difference in practicing and sin and being a sinner. You know. Once upon a time, I was practicing sin all the time, but today I don't practice sin. I'm a sinner, but I just don't practice anymore. He rescued me from my sinful ways, and that's what he does. He rescued you from those ways, those thoughts, but the only way he's going to rescue you is you got to make a commitment to him. You got to be committed to his ways. See, I came, see when, see, when I started on this journey, see, you guys don't understand, when I started on this journey a little bit over 16 years ago, I was $3 million in debt and didn't have a driver's license. I love God. <laughs> he's, got, he's got, God's got a great sense of humor. He wasn't concerned about me being in debt, wasn't concerned about me not having a driver's license. He was concerned was all going to be well in my soul. At the end of the day, he sat me for seven years, seven years, and did not say anything to me. Made me sit in the back of the church with my wife, Tracy. And he would always speak to her, and she had such joy. I was like, God, why are you always speaking to her? <laughs> and you know what God told me one day? I speak to her because she spends time with me. She wakes up every morning and rolls out of that bed at 5.30 to go be with God. I was like, God, I'm not getting up at 5.30 in the morning. (laughs) But he didn't ask me to get up at 5.30 in the morning. And I started getting with God at night when she was sleeping. And I started turning off the television, locking myself in the room, saturating myself in the Word, and the Holy Spirit started teaching me the Bible supernaturally. See, it's those that make the commitment. See, she has such a great commitment with God, she still does it to this day. I got 16 years in recovery. She's got 18 years in recovery. And it doesn't matter where you come from, you know, that's what people don't need to understand. God wants you right where you're at. When you understand the Bible and you understand everybody in the Bible, guess what? They had issues just like us. There's nothing different about them than we. We're just a different generation. We just got more stuff. Than they had, because they didn't have the matches. They didn't have the cars, They didn't have all the means that we have. We have everything at our fingertips, and that's what keeps us from picking up the Bible. He redeems you by his blood. That blood, like I said before, is holy, righteous, clean. And when that blood comes in you, oh, my God, that blood just cleanses you purifies you, liberates you, redeems you, bring you to wholeness and righteousness and right standard with God. Then he restores you with the grace that we don't deserve. He restores us with the grace that we don't deserve. See, there are, there are things that do happen in our life, and they will always, things will happen. There will always be storms of life, you know. Either you're in a storm, you're coming out of a storm, or guess what, a storm is on the way, baby. So just hang on and learn to go through the storm. The storms of life are for us to go through. Because you know what happens in the storms of life? See, in the storms of my life, God grew me and Tracy supernaturally because you know what? We decided we're going to walk through it. We're going to believe God's word. We're going to stay. We're not going to move. We're going to believe what the Bible says. And guess what? We got over them. We got through them. But you got to trust God. See, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He should direct your paths. He will direct them if you trust Him. we got to get back as people trusting this book here. It's amazing. Oh, it's amazing. Ah, I wish I could give you what i got inside of me, but I can't. You know what? Because I had to spend time with God to get it. And he's just waiting on you. <sighs> Glory to God. He's waiting on you to come get it too because it's free. Everything else going to cost you. But this here, this is free. He gives this away, free. It's just those that really want it and those that will come to a place of believing it. Now I'm going to get to this place where I'm going to start talking about those in the Bible just like us. Moses used mightily by God, speech impediment. David, womanizer, put his best man Uriah on the front line to get killed so he can have his wife Bathsheba. God said, he's a man that's in my own heart. Peter denied Christ three times. He was crucified upside down. Jonah was told to go to Nineveh to preach the gospel to a bunch of Gentiles, us. They were acting like a bunch of pagans. Jonah was so mad, he jumped on the boat, went the other way to Tarshish. God threw him in the belly of a fish for three days and three nights. See, God always got a plan. See, Jonah thought he was getting away, but God threw him in the belly of a fish and told him to go, tell them to repent. Forty days from now, if they don't repent, I'm going to destroy the whole city. He spits him out. Jonah goes there to Nineveh and tells them to repent. And guess what? One man, Jonah was Jewish. One man. God saves the whole city through one man. You have church here. Church doors are open every time. And you know the days and you don't show up. One man or two men, whoever it is on the stage is preaching the gospel to help you get well. You're missing out on what God's trying to do for you. Because you're stubborn, and you won't come and participate, and you won't make a commitment, so you can't get the goods. Because they're right here. Every church has them. It's just a matter of, do I make the commitment? See, they, they had, see, Jonah was so mad at God, and, and you know what God told Jonah? He said, God, he said, Jonah, from now on, from now on, from now on, I'm going to give grace to everybody. Because Jonah was Jewish and saying they were a bunch of Gentiles acting like pagans, why are you giving them grace? It says, from now on, I'm going to give grace. So, all of us need to understand the grace is for us. It's do I really want the grace and do I really want to operate in the goodness of God's grace? God's grace is so good. It doesn't matter what a man says. It doesn't matter what television says. They do not have the last say. The Lord Jesus Christ has the last say over everybody's life. And it's up to us to make that decision and that commitment. Now, the last five minutes, I'm going to talk about the book of John. The book of John is incredible. To see, the book of John is about believing. You got to come to a place of believing. And the book of John is about believing. Jesus is a bad dude when you read the book of John. The miracles, turning water into wine, feeding the 5,000, raising Lazarus from the dead. I mean, he did all kinds of miracles. But you think about John 3, he told Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee teacher, he told Nicodemus in there, unless one is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. See, we're all born of a natural, but he was talking about supernatural, the second birth, which is supernatural, born of the spirit. See, this is what you're seeing here is the supernatural. I've been born of the spirit. See, the old natural means he's dead. He don't live anymore. This is the supernatural when you're born of the spirit because God is a spirit being and he's, he's going to connect with you that way. Told Nicodemus that. So let's not be like the scribes and the Pharisees pointing at people saying, oh, well, they sin and they like this, like this. Because guess what? Three fingers pointing right back at you. That's what the Pharisees and the scribes are doing to the woman that was caught in adultery in John 8. They want to stone her because of the law, because of Moses, the law. Well, see, Jesus didn't come here to destroy the law. He came here to fulfill the law. So Jesus was stooping down as they wanted to stone her. And Jesus was like rose up and said, he who without sin cast the first stone. From the oldest to the youngest, they all dropped their stones and had to walk away because they all had fallen short. Then you go to John 4, which I love. Is the woman at the pool. I mean, it's the woman at the well. When you think about the well, there's no secrets of God. So, you know, everybody think, well, well, God don't see anything. He told that woman at the well, he said, told about her five husbands, said the one you're living with now is not your husband. Read the text. But he told her about that water in that well. He said, if you... Always drink, continue to drink this water. You're going to always thirst. You're going to always be thirsty drinking this water. But see, if you drink this living water, see, this living water, you'll never, never, never thirst again. Ever since I've been drinking this living water, I have never been thirsty. Because it's living water. And then John 5 is the pool of Bethesda. Where a bunch of lame people was, like us that have stuff, issues. But these lame people were like, had conditions, you know, paralyzed, a man, one particular man was paralyzed and he sat there for 38 years. Jesus never asked a man about his condition because Jesus so bad, he already know the condition of every last one of us. That's what I love about Jesus, he already know it. See, he knew the condition about me when I was broken, lost, empty, Drugs and everything. But you know what he asked that man? Just like he asked me, he said, Daryl. He said, he said, Daryl, 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 Daryl. Do you want to be well? He asked that man, do you want to be made well? And he said, sir, every time I try to get into the pool, he's not talking about your excuses. He says, do you want to be made well? And the man finally said, yes. He says, pick up your bed and walk. And made him well immediately. That's what Jesus said do to a life. When you decide you want to be well and say yes and pick up your bed and walk, he makes you well, he heals you, he brings you to wholeness and righteousness, and he brings you to great standards, standing with him at the cross. It's at the cross. It's at the cross. See, we miss it. The cross, the symbol of the cross, the symbol of that cross, that blood on that cross, that blood was shedded for you so you can have victory over everything. It's already done. He's already done it for you. All you gotta do is enter in. I love my wife. I thank God for her pulling me out of dope houses. Cause she could've turned and went the other way and I wouldn't be the man I am today. I'm a great man today because of her, and forever grateful for her, forever grateful for my mama praying for me. Men, God's calling you back to take your rightful place, stand up, because if you don't, the enemy will destroy your family and your kids, because he doesn't play fair. But if you come back, then you can rebuke the devourer over the enemy. Then he can't have no control over your family. He can't have no control over your wife and your kids. Now I'm standing in my rightful place because I'm a man of God. You know, I I, I live, I'm a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I get to eat from a land that I don't even know about because it's God's land. God gives you favor in his land. When you obey him when you walk in biblical principles, when you lift him up, you exalt his name and you give him praise and you sow into his kingdom, God will exalt you right in front of your enemies and they won't even know why you have so much joy. It's because the Lord gives you joy. The joy of the Lord has become my strength. It is him himself. He is strong when we weak. So i close with this and challenge you. That you need to make a commitment to God. When pastor come up, you need prayer. Don't be don't be ashamed to get prayer, whatever you need. Come get it, man. God loves you. Don't worry about what the next person is thinking, because guess what? We all got problems. And I'm, I just love the church. I just love people. I love the cross. The cross is the answer to all our issues. It's there. He's already done it. So challenge yourself. Don't miss out on God's moment. It's going to be a great weekend. We got three more services tomorrow. God's going to speak to his people because that's what he does. Let us pray. Father, we love you. We honor you. We praise you. Father, we thank you for the night. We thank you for abundance. Father, we thank you for supernatural Words, Father, we thank you for the penetration of the heart. We thank you that you touch us in such a deep way, Father, you make us think about the reality of why we're here, the creation of our life. Father, we know... That first John four four says, Greater that he that's in me than he that's in the world. It's a great one that rules inside of us, Father. we pray abundance life over these people today and this weekend. And Father, we thank you for what? Romans eight twenty eight says, and we know all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord to those called according to his purpose. Father, we are called according to your purpose. Let us be your people. And I thank you, and I bind every assignment that the enemy has over those that are here this weekend. Father, we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise. And we send this petition up to you right now, Father, and we ask that you seal it right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Praise God. Thanks so much for joining us. Just a reminder to stay connected with us throughout the week at centralwire.com or on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for being with us and have a great week.